where to begin? Ah, oh, yes. Concerning Dungeons and Dragons game. Hello and welcome to the first episode of d Beats Podcast. I'm your host Jake Lionheart and I've got an incredible first show for you. My guest, my friend, Chase Noseworthy. I'm here to talk about how music and D&D influences his songwriting, his gaming, and his life. Um, I do have really quick Sorry about this really quick housekeeping I gotta do right about the top. If you're hearing this podcast anywhere where you enjoy listening to podcasts, if there's a way to leave a rating, like on iTunes, a couple stars, maybe a comment or so, because it really helps the podcast. Uh, the more we have people talking about it, the more it'll probably be on people's radars. Um, if you are interested in being a part of this podcast, a part of the conversation, then email me at dnbeatspodcast at gmail.com. That's the letter D, the letter N, Beats Podcast at gmail.com. And just let me know, hey, I heard the episode and I'm curious about, or I'm curious, I'm interested in being a part of this conversation. I am an actor, a singer, a musician, a writer, a DM, a player. I just love music and I just love Dungeons and Dragons and I want to talk about it. Email me and uh, we'll see if we can get you scheduled to come and talk because that's what I'm interested in right now, just having this conversation with folks, enjoying music, enjoying D&D, and enjoying what both of them bring to enrich their lives. Um, if you do enjoy this and you're, Hey, you're like, Hey, you know what? I enjoy this. I can't wait to see who the next guest is. I want to be supportive. Uh, you can join the Patreon. That's, uh, patreon.com forward slash Jake Lionheart. And at the $5 tier level, you can, um, get early access to these podcasts and along with whatever crazy creative thing I'm trying to do. Um, if you're just like, hey, I just want to help out when I can with whatever I can, that is amazing and I will, you have no idea how thankful I will be. Um, but you can go to Kofi.com, that's K-O-F-I.com forward slash Jake Lionheart, and whatever you can, you can give to help me pay, you know, the internet booth rent, as it were, so that way I can stay here and, uh, pay my, my booth rent and, and stay on air, as it were. Anything helps. You have no idea. $3 coffee, a $1 coffee, anything. I I will be forever thankful and grateful. And you have no idea what it will mean to me to that you're interested in enough to support this this podcast. So, sounds like something that's up your alley and you're enjoying what you're listening to, then uh, feel free to do that. So, now that all this housekeeping is out of the way, go ahead and jump into this episode with Chase Noseworthy. Enjoy. So then um yeah, so then welcome to the podcast. We'll just go ahead and start it here, even though we've been hey. talking for five minutes. My guest, Chase Noseworthy. Um, yeah, so uh, you're the premier guest, my first test subject, guinea pig, crash test on me. And, it's uh, an honor. It, oh, thanks, man. I'm glad you volunteered <laughs> <laughs> the way you did. Um, no, dude, I'm super excited about it. Because yeah. I've been, I wanted to do a podcast like this for forever, but I have way too many projects that just never go through. Yeah, so yeah. I'm just glad that you're doing it, yeah. so that I can sort of live vicariously through you. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'd like. Yeah, I saw that I've been like needing to do a podcast for a while, especially since I have a Patreon, and uh, I, I checked it for the first time in forever because I keep forgetting I have a Patreon, and I saw <laughs> that I have like sixty unfulfilled. <laughs> podcast that i was supposed to deliver and i'm like oh my god so uh because i was my first idea was like just talk about music because that's what i love and then i thought D and music so how can i put that together um and then i asked you guys about it you said you were interested and so my first question with this D and uh music related thing is we played a game uh our first games i believe in the campaign where you were the bard i was the rogue and I felt you said something in game that was so perfect for what this podcast is that oh. uh, one of our friends, Lily, immortalized it. And so I'm going to quote it to you. 
You said in game as the bard to most people, music is just an art form and they're not wrong. It is an art form, but but music is also a lot more than that. Music has emotions. Music has the ability to change people. Music is a living, breathing thing of secrets. And if you spend enough time with it, it'll tell you those secrets. One of those secrets, um, one of the secrets it can tell you is how to push through hurt, even when you feel like you'd rather die or be done with it. Music is the only reason I'm still here, the reason I'm still searching. So my question is, why would you say something so controversial, yet so brave, in a Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> game? <laughs> yeah, I remember like thinking of that like phrase because that was pre-planned i'm not that smart to come up with that on the spot no way like i think i was just doing dishes and i was like i was trying to come up with sort of an explanation of how as a bard music gives him like magical abilities Mm -hmm. so it was like it it originally started uh like the, the original form was like um magic you know, if you spend enough time with it, it'll tell you its secrets. And those secrets were like the arcane secrets and like the magic. And mm. you would like cast a spell to show like, this is why I can cast spells. Um, and then like just in the moment because of the role play, because like the, the two characters in question were talking about like some some sort of deep personal stuff. And then I was like, OK, I, I think I can kind of twist this into like also the reason why he's still living and, mm. and stuff like that, because I mean, music means a lot to me in real life. And since it was my first D&D character, there was definitely a lot of me in him. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it kind of reflected in that, too, um, of just the importance of music to his being in his life. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Nice. It was originally just an explanation for why he can do magic. Do magic. The yeah. magic was the music the whole time. Um, <laughs> the friends we made along the way. Yeah, and then the music we learned. Um, so, well, yeah, that brings up to, like, I, I'm still kind of, like, working on, on, like, what would be the best way to, like, marry music and D&D. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to find it as I go through this podcast and interviewing different people. But I guess one of the things is, like, which, I guess I would say music probably came first, right? Because if, which, which love came first, mm-hmm. D&D or music, so. Oh, man, that's sort of a, a, a weird thing for me. I, oh. Music definitely came first because mm-hmm. I've been singing since I was really little. But at the same time, D&D and Critical Role in specific is the reason pretty much, not the reason, but one of the primary reasons that I'm even a musician at all. Nice. Or at least that I've you know, practiced and done as much as I have. Uh, so basically the story is, you know, I grew up, I was singing all my life, uh, not like trained specifically for it other than like singing in high school choir and stuff like that. Um, and along the way I picked up like little things on piano that I taught myself. And then eventually later in high school, I picked up guitar, uh, because two of my brothers were really good at guitar and I was jealous and I really wanted to be good at (laughs) guitar too. So, uh, I picked up guitar and it was kind of like an on and off thing for a while. And I wrote like a couple songs that weren't good at all. Um, and I have the old garage band files to prove it, but, (laughs) uh, those will never see the light of day. Mm. Uh, yeah. So my sort of songwriting experience and experience as a composer, the inception of that was after critical role. So I got into critical role, um, in like summer of 2018 or something like that. When my brother introduced it to me. Oh, cool. Then the next year after I had moved to, uh, Newfoundland for university. I was just sitting in my room fiddling around on my guitar and I had this chord progression that I really liked and I had no idea what to sing about. I was like, uh, like a pretty big thing happened. I don't know if we want to avoid like spoilers nah, for Critical Role on C2 here and stuff is like over. that. That's, if you haven't watched Critical Role, then go watch <laughs> and come back. But no, spoilers <laughs> are good. Well, I'll just say the infamous episode 69 with Yasha, that whole thing went down and like the, the week before. And I was like, she's on my mind. I'll write about her. And then I wrote it and I was like, I'll throw this on the Internet, too, because why not? And then I did. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of people liked it. And I was like, OK, I'll keep doing it. And then that was basically 
like the entire reason that I started writing consistently and like just messing around and mm -hmm. learning. And I, I just fell in love with it. That, that was me really, really falling in love with it. Um, after it just being sort of like a hobby for a long time. Awesome. Um, so yeah, it was, it was music and then D and D kind of like gave it a boost into something bigger than I ever expected it to be. That's very cool. Um, Hmm. I kind of want to ask, like, what, I mean, other than, like, Critical Role actually having this compelling story and then just how great Critical Role is, but is there anything maybe that you can pinpoint that maybe sparked it other than, like, okay, you put it on the internet and people liked it, but, like, what sparked it in you that I, maybe, like, the storytelling aspect of it or something? I don't know if you can... Yeah, I, I think I've definitely had an interest in storytelling through music mm -hmm. whether it's you know scores in a film or a video game that enhance the experience and things like that which is what i eventually want to end up doing as a career okay um like composing for media and stuff but also like concept albums and recently a little bit of musical theater like i'm obsessed with <laughs> the musical hades town right now nice. um to an unhealthy degree <laughs> uh but like just music as a catalyst for story, whether it's, you know, the actual vehicle for the story itself or whether it's enhancing the story. I just love storytelling through music. Mm. So when I had this show and this and suddenly this community that also did, you know, music combined with D&D &D and Critical Role. Yeah. Um, and this show already had stories and characters laid out with... Um, you know, great emotional depth that I could draw from for, for lyrics and things like that. Um, and also part of it being like that it's such a, you know, they say find your niche. And yeah. That's a very niche community. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, it just sort of came from from that, my love of storytelling through music. And then, you know, it was propelled then by, you know, all the friends that I made through it. In the community community I found myself in, and yeah, I, I loved it when I first started doing it. I haven't stopped loving it since. Very cool. Um, yeah. So you said it was your brother that essentially was like, "Hey, check out the show." Is that like the yeah. first like D and D anything or? Yeah, I think when I was like fifteen or something, I found like a D and D spell card on the side of the road while I was on a walk. And I brought it home and I was like, Hey guys, check out what I found and my mom made me throw it in the trash <laughs> because she thought it was the devil. Um and then like years later, my brother Caleb introduced me to it and I had it it was like that nerdy thing that he was into and I was like, You're a fucking nerd, dude. Uh and then I got into it and then I was obsessed and I took it way further than he ever did yeah um which is kind of how things go with us um and yeah and, and then after that you know i played a couple like one shots and ran a few games for my friends every once in a while uh and then until the game that you and i were in i hadn't really been in a long-running campaign or anything mm. like that mm -hmm. um but it's pretty telling that i chose to play a bard in my first long-term <laughs> campaign yeah i was i was the same way i was like should i be a bard and i was like nah i want to there's so much other characters and stuff like that to, like, yeah. try. And then at that point, I had already made, like, a bard for, like, music. So I was like, eh, I kind of got my bard stuff out through that project. But, um, so, if you, you said you did a couple one-shots before. I'm curious, who is your very first character? If you even remember oh, my that. very first. I think it was a barbarian named Varkas. <laughs> okay. I think. I think it was for uh, my my cousin's husband ran a one shot for us during Christmas, and I, I'm pr I'm pretty sure he came up with it on the fly oh. because he said he had like he thought it up in the ten minute drive over to the house where we were playing. Um, but it was so so fun. I played it with him, two of my brothers, and then my cousin. Mm. And you know he was just such a great DM that like. The Matt Mercer effect, even if I if I went in <laughs> expecting him to be Matt Mercer, yeah, uh, I wouldn't have been disappointed because he was just really that good at DMing. Um, 
Yeah, that was, he was my first one, and then there wasn't really much depth to the character because he was, you know, it was, it was from a one shot. One shot, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then after that, I was pretty much just the default DM for the the small friend friend group in my high school. Nice, nice. How about that? Like as being like a first time DM and first time D and D player. How was that for you? That was it was weird. The first time was definitely rough. I was I did not know how to DM. I think I actually <laughs> the first time I DM'd it was for my friends and my friend's mom, who uh had wanted to play D and D growing up, mm. but her brother like never would let her because, you know, D and D was for the boys yeah, only. And she she was so excited when she found out that I was running a game for her son. She was like, Can I play? It was great. She was awesome. Dope. Um yeah, it was also very nerve-wracking because I had no idea what I was what doing. What you doing? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Which uh, brings us to you recently played a one-shot with a bunch of uh, fellow bards. Yeah. And it sounds like they had an incredible time with your character because <laughs> they keep telling me about your character and I haven't actually heard you talk about your character. So I'm just curious if you want to share some of that. Oh, sure. Yeah, I played a, a an Air Genasi monk named Dalius. Um and I had I had no idea really what his character was going to be going into it, other than that he was like ignorant to the ways of the world because he was secluded in a monastery or whatever. Mm-hmm. He was basically an airbender ripoff from Avatar the Last Airbender. <laughs> um and then when we got in there, like a sheep showed up and I was like I guess this is how I'm doing it. He's just dumb as fuck. And he he was like, what a strange dog. And then from then on, it was just an inside joke that he thought that everything was a dog land animal was a dog. (laughs) Um, He was just like really stupid and really desperate for friends. And it was so fun to play, play it out. It was just adorable. Yeah. I mean, very, very, very different from the last (laughs) character I played, which was the saddest bard you have ever seen in your life who never got any happier. It was like Caleb Widow guess if he was a bard. Just (laughs) (laughs) pretty much. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I I knew you were going to go in, especially with the group of people you're playing with. It was going to be fun. Um, But, like, then there was, like, memes being made and fan art. And I'm like, dude he like blew everybody away which is awesome which i've i've already told you you can rp like crazy so um yeah, yeah i'm excited they got to play with you nah not as good as you i actually got scared of you one time um so <laughs> dude i was scared of you anytime you got angry as i am just uh, saying well i don't know he's a character all right but um yeah so it's kind of cool that You've done all of that. You've got the one shots on your thing. Um, I was gonna say, like, do you want to talk about some other stuff? But I think that's all under under hush hush right now. On as far as like full campaigns and other stuff like that. Um, also, you are a very busy musician. Which, if we can switch back to the music side of things, yeah. Um, there, I know there is a top secret uh, project that you're gonna be working on. That listeners are probably gonna be like, "What's the top secret project?" You'll find out a long time from probably when you listen to this, but I could tell you. Hopefully the the eight other people I've already told about it won't yeah. <laughs> rat us out. Don't rat them, yeah, don't rat them out. Is it really, it's, we've had the honor of listening to some of the uh, demos, and the demos sound like polished songs already. So I know the full thing is going to be amazing, it's going to blow everyone out of the water, but unfortunately you're just getting teased about it, and you're going to have to wait <laughs> for a while, because it is a lot of work. Um mm-hmm. But I was going to say, um, how do you feel your music has evolved from the like very first like Yasha song to the stuff that yeah. you're doing now? Because it's just you, your guitar, your keyboard, and then I guess that, was it the Labs? Um, yeah, like Logic Pro. Logic like Pro, yeah. So it was you and Logic Pro and whatever instrument you can find that makes noise. And the demo quality is like you're playing with a whole orchestra. So as a person that makes music, I want to just say, like, what the fuck is my question. <laughs> but <laughs> but I just what I was saying originally, like, how do you feel like that evolution of from that first Yasha song to where you're headed to now? It's kind of it's. Yeah, I, I think I've evolved 
quite a bit as a musician. It, it's not just that I think, I think I objectively have um, to the point where like, I'm not really, I don't have a lot of things in my life that I'm like, I'm super proud that I did this. Like, this is a huge accomplishment, but like my musical progression throughout the past two years or so is definitely one. Because if you go back and look at my first song on my YouTube channel, The Lament of the Orphan Maker, uh, and then compare that to like, you know, the past few ones that I put out, the production quality is way higher. The writing is way better. Um, I think my vocals also have gotten better, even though I've never actually like tried to train them or anything like mm -hmm. that. But it, it's really just been countless and countless hours over the past two years. Like music has been my obsession, like at my desk for sometimes like 10 hours straight during the day, just like in the zone trying to pump out music and stuff. Cause I love it. Uh, sometimes to a, de a detriment to myself and mm. like other areas of my life, but especially the pandemic coming around and giving me a lot of time to, you know, do whatever I needed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, I was stuck in my apartment all the time. So what else was I going to do except procrastinate on schoolwork and <laughs> write music? Yeah. Um, now that I'm not going to school anymore, it's a lot easier to, to balance the music aspect um, around work and stuff. Uh, so yeah, it, it was just countless, countless hours because I loved doing it and I couldn't stop. Like I have jokes with some, some friends that I'm like a creative generator mm. because I come up with like a song idea every, every day. Most of them don't become full songs or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I would barrage you and the rest of our oh, D and D yeah. group with songs like all the time. Um, and it's not because I'm like anything special or a prodigy or anything like that. It's just like all I do pretty much. <laughs> I'm either at work now or I'm at home working on music Jeez. or playing a game to chill out and also playing games to like study the soundtracks. So I guess I'm also focusing on music when I'm relaxing <laughs> and playing video games. Yeah, um, it's just music yeah, all the time. Pretty much. That's cool. Yeah, I was going to say um, some of my favorite things, especially being in that Discord chat, when you're like, hey, check out this site. And then, like, your song titles, like, I don't know why I made this. And then, because uh, <laughs> that's one of your ones, like, I don't know why I made this. And then uh, a couple of other stuff that you've made, like, actually, because however Discord works on phone, it doesn't just let you listen to it. It just downloads it. Yeah. And so, like, I, like, legit have, like, a mixtape of just instrumentals or demos that you have because <laughs> I forget to delete them after I listen to them. And then I'll just find myself, like, listening to them. There's, like, a couple. I don't even know if you would know them by name. Do you know that one? Like, I don't know why I made this. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like I've named a couple of things. Because it's, like, like it actually is really dope. <laughs> and I'm just, like, that's what it's called. I'm like, I wonder if that's what you named it in your like your logic files. Oh, it is for sure, okay. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, um, and there was. I think there was one I sent you guys where like blinding lights was blaring from the car, yes. like outside my window. Right at the yeah, you're like, like super loud, so you could hear lights? it on the recording. I was like, fuck it, I'm leaving it. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I just played the song. Yeah, I'm trying to like look through my thing real quick because it's like, because some of them do have names. Um which yeah. is cool, but like, yeah, there's one that's like new recording. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to find one, but I know for sure there's one that's like, why did I make this? And that's like one of my favorite mm -hmm. ones, but that's awesome. Yeah. Um, one of my other questions is going to be, um, I guess I want to say this for both sides, D&D &D and uh, music. Is there anybody that influences you? So would there be anybody that would influence you? I guess as a storyteller, when it comes to you, like maybe when you start creating characters or thinking about narrative, and then I'll let you answer that, and then we'll jump over to the music side of it. But okay, yeah, for like storytelling and, and narrative stuff, I mean, obviously, Critical Role as a whole has influenced me recently. Mm -hmm. Besides that, I would say uh, I've been really into Brandon Sanderson's novels. And hey. uh, the his sort of universe called the Cosmere, um, and like listening to audiobooks all the time of of that, uh, and just like various other audiobooks. So a lot of 
books and stories like that influence me as well. Uh, and I, I try to write stuff in, in my off time too, not like music, but like try to sit down and attempt to write a novel. It's never worked out in the past, <laughs> um, but hopefully one day I'll get there. So I, I definitely have a bit of, um, bit of writer in me that kind of carries over to, to D and D as well, which is why I always love making characters with like sort of meaningful, in-depth emotional backstories. Mm. You can also see in my music, like most of my music is meant to be very emotional, very, a lot of the times pretty dark. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Despite the fact that in conversation, I don't think of that. I'm not really that sad all the time. Sometimes I am, but I'm not like, I, I I remember like when I, when my parents first discovered my music and my mom was like hearing how sad all my stuff was, mm-hmm. she's like, are you okay? Are and you I'm like, okay? yeah, yeah, mom, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine. This character is just really sad. You don't know about Caleb Widogast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm the same um, way. Like it just, it just feels easier to like hang out in like minor keys or moody stuff. And yeah, and that to me is, it's a challenge to actually try to do something upbeat. Because it's just yeah. it's just so easy to hang there and just feel something, even though you might not be sad. It's just I don't know. Yeah, like when I think of those those songs that give you chills, you know, mm-hmm. when you listen to them, mo- like almost all of those are in a minor key. I can't think of a song in a major key that's given me chills and that yeah. I've been like, oh my gosh, this is such a good song. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, most of them are just like the the dark, gritty ones that yeah. are just like they like know, haunt you. smoky voice and like hard hitting, uh, like percussion and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's Maybe cool. I should try writing in the major key every once in a while. <laughs> we posted something. I think it was like that remix that you did of that same song with the blinding lights. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> on Twitter, and then our friend Spencer was like. I'm just surprised Chase can sing something in a major key. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, that's true. I forgot about that. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna say like, as far as your writing, like I, I'm like probably gonna be like your biggest fanboy. But uh, like, yeah, your writing is amazing. <laughs> There's this song that's probably never gonna see the light of day, but um, the lyric that you like. It's it's almost like like me as a rapper listening to another rapper just drop the best bar and you're like bars because like it haunts me. It's a from Blood and Song where you're like her hair oh, yeah. aflame, her eyes the same. Every time I hear like when I'm listening to that song, I'm like fucking bars, dude. Like <laughs> I don't know what it is and the way you like even like sing it. Like I'm just like damn, that's some good shit. <laughs> But um, it's, it's cool right. knowing that it's like it's not only singer songwriters that influence you, but also novelists and and storytellers that influence your songwriting, which is mm-hmm. now what musicians kind of influence your your maybe D and D games or characters, or if music influences building characters, or even like just influencing your music. Yeah, so I think musicians that influence me change a lot throughout time but one one that has definitely stuck around for a while is sean james mm-hmm. um who i discovered through the last of us because his song through the valley was played in the trailer for the for the last of us part two um and then i just fell in love with his music he's got that you know that smoky gritty voice yeah. and uh like a lot of acoustic folk kind of songs and he also covers a wide range of genres that i couldn't even begin to describe um, but his writing has definitely stuck with me a lot, a lot. Um, recently though, I, I'd say my biggest influence is the composer, Darren Korb, mm. who people probably know from Supergiant Games. Uh, he's done Hades, Bastion, Pyre, Transistor, all the sh- Supergiant Games games. Mm-hmm. Well, Supergiant Games games? Supergiant Super <laughs> <Giant> Games games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, but yet I, I've just fallen in love with his music recently, partly because, um, I see like he's talked about his background on, on interviews and it's not like classically trained composers typically are like orchestral and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. He, he started on Bastion in his closet with very minimal recording equipment, similar to what I have now. 
and he made something incredible out of that. Yeah. And I was like, I really admire that. And he also has like background. He was in bands and stuff. I was never in bands, but I had more of a, a singer songwriter background that in seeing that he's had success in this field that I want to get into has sort of been inspiring to me. He also just makes incredible music mm. that I listen to all the time. Yeah. Uh, so that's recently been finding its way into my own music. Um, man, other musicians and, and like affecting D and D play and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Probably the, the sad ones <laughs> because <laughs> I play sad characters typically, as you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's nice. Recently I found the joy in playing happy characters like Dalius, who's mm-hmm. just dumb and ignorant to the world and happy. Um, but yeah, Sean James definitely um, has a lot of those sort of darker songs that yeah. have sort of influenced my style. And I think a lot of people, especially in my earlier works, uh, kind of knew me for like singer-songwriter on guitar, mm-hmm. um, like the darker, folky-sounding stuff. That was definitely Sean James shining through. Very cool, very cool. Um, so I guess my next question is, has has music actually other than you playing a bard which is very easy to you know weave music into it um is there any other process as far as you playing D where just music kind of is maybe like in the background maybe as you're working on stuff thinking about stuff in D D. um i know you do some world building type stuff so i'm in, curious if any mm-hmm. like music is playing in the background while you're thing about world building or character building yeah so i mean you know this because we were in a D group together but whenever i play in a game it always inspires the story always inspires music anytime i have a new story to latch on to i'm like i'm gonna write about that mm. especially if it's something you know that's partly my own like our D campaign was mm-hmm. um so I immediately started writing music both to sort of immortalize the story, but also to sort of figure out what my character was feeling at the ah, same time. Okay. So, you know, I, I would write stuff like blood and song. That was like kind of me figuring out how he feels about, you know, his, his end game sister that he just found out he has and stuff like that. Um, just figuring out because that's how, that's how I often process emotions. Like you and I were talking about uh, before you sort of introed uh, <laughs> the podcast, we were talking about that uh, Brother Quinn album that I was going to put out, mm-hmm. The Dark of Autumn, which was pretty much just me in a really dark time in my life writing a bunch of songs to process it, mm-hmm. um, which probably will never see the light of day now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I use music as a sort of therapeutic process to, to figure out what I'm feeling things like that for like world building and stuff, because I'm, I am slowly working on a, a homebrew world in case I ever want to DM. Mm. Um, I, I listen to a lot of actually Jason Charles Miller's soundtrack to Undeadwood. Ah, uh, I listen to a lot of that yeah. when I'm, when I'm building it. I don't know why. Um, and then also our friend Hunter Rogerson, oh, he does a whole bunch of great yes. instrumental music. I, I can only listen to instrumental music whenever mm-hmm. I'm like world building and stuff. So I listen to a lot of Hunter. Uh, and then there's this sort of like ambient pianist uh, named Reader, R-E-E-D-E-R, mm-hmm. uh, whose music I listen to a lot um, whenever I'm like writing or you know fleshing out a world and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it and it also changes like depending on which part of the world or whatever that I'm writing, if I'm, you know, writing for a, a specific culture or like a specific person or landmark that has like either a sort of darker undertone or maybe like a more light upbeat, or if it has like a Celtic sort of inspiration right. mythologically and culturally, then I'll, I'll I'll sort of sort of adjust the music that I'm listening to to fit that to sort of put me in the zone 
Um, yeah. Yeah. It's very awesome. Very cool. So bringing me to, um, I guess, this next set of questions, because everything so far has been what maybe brings passion out of you, what you like and enjoy. But is there things about being a D&D player, DM, and musician that you don't like? That you find like, Ooh. oof. <laughs> oh, man. Where to start? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Being a musician, especially, I hate how t- like how you can immediately get tired of a song you're writing and no longer tell if it's good. Yep. <laughs> like ear fatigue or whatever it's called. Yeah. I hate it. I hate it. Because like I can be so excited about a song at its inception and then be like at the very end, like I can't tell if this sounds good or not. And yeah. then I send it to every every one of my friends be like, does this sound good? And then they're like, stop sending me songs. You send me a song like every day. <laughs> yeah. No one ever says that, but I know they're thinking it. Nah, not me. I mean, you send me a song every day and I'd be fine. I just keep making noseworthy mixtapes on my phone. So, <laughs> um, but No, I know exactly how you feel because I, yeah. I did the same thing like last week where it's like ele- I started like at 11 o'clock at night and it's like 12 or 1 o'clock. And I'm like, what did I just do with the last few hours of my life? Because... Yeah. I was so excited when I started, and now I'm so disappointed that it's, yeah, that ear fatigue yeah. or, like, you're like, am I, I actually even had that, like, yesterday. I started writing a song, and I thought it was clever because I was going to make the hook in Spanish, and I was like, this is so good, and then I'm like, wait, what if my Spanish sucks, and I'm saying something I'm not, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm saying one thing, but it translates to something else, and I'm like, oh my god, like. Oh my god, dude, I, I did the same thing. <laughs> kind of recently in a song that I'm writing uh, where I have a Latin line in there. And like, I just use Google translate to the yeah. best of my ability. And I'm like, people who know Latin are going to know this is fucked up and not right <laughs> at all for yeah. what I'm trying to say, but they can keep quiet. About yeah. It. They don't, <laughs> they don't have to know. Spoil it. Yeah. My thing was, I'm like, well, Mexican Spanish figures are like, Oh, okay. That's nice. And I'm like, the rest of the world's like, that's very mm-hmm. odd. So yeah, I, I dwelt on that way too much, but, um, no, I feel you, but in the same way, is there anything about, like, I guess, D&D, like, building character? I mean, I guess the biggest one would probably be, like, just getting into a game or finding a game. Yeah. But, um, I guess... Finding just time for a game, find, yeah. I'd say, is the big thing. Like, right now, I I would love to, to start up another game, but I just, like, there's so much that I want to do and that I need to do mm-hmm. that I just don't have much time for it anymore. Like, the most time for leisure that I have is every once in a while playing, you know, Sea of Thieves with you and Ben. Yeah. Uh, like we've been doing recently. Right. Uh, and especially with, like, I've got family in town, so I'm trying to spend as much time with them as I can and stuff like that. It's just, we need more hours in the day yeah. to do all the things we yeah. want to do. More days off from work is what <laughs> from the day job. <laughs> we need yeah. a three-day weekend is what I say. Yeah. But that's awesome. Yeah, but... um. Uh, I guess mechanically, anything that you just, you're like, man, I wish this was better, or just maybe just out in the ether as far as like D&D that they're like, this storytelling and playing and camaraderie I love, but is there anything that you're just kind of like, eh, not so much that. Hmm. I'm not sure if I've even played enough to really know. Hmm. Um, Because I've only played... Pretty much the bulk of what I played is what you and I played. Yeah. Uh, together. But I don't know. It, it's sort of just like finding a group that fits. Because I always see players on a spectrum from one end being role play, like all role play. You only like role play. And mm-hmm. then the other side being like you only like the strategy. You play it like a video game. Yeah. And then everyone lies somewhere on that spectrum in between like you want some role play, but mostly the, the strategy aspect, or mm-hmm. you want mostly role play and only some of the, the strategy. And, you know, it's just finding a group that really fits your specific, like where you land on that. Cause every person lands in a different place. And especially at that land that sort of weighs heavily on DMS, I suspect, um, trying to, balance that to make sure that everyone's happy in the yeah. game um so yeah i think that's that's probably like the hardest part about 
finding the right group for you, I'd say. Okay. okay. And other than that, I don't really have any sort of gripes about it because, again, I, <laughs> yeah, I haven't played, played enough, enough to yeah. really know. I feel you. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Where do you feel you, you fall into the RP min-max strategy, kill them all? <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I land more on the RP side, mm-hmm. but I, I'm also very adaptable in that I can play in pretty much any type of game and really enjoy it. Um, unless it's like only strategy, like you're playing it like a board game. Yeah. Um, I, w- I don't think I would enjoy that at all, but I'm planning on going into a, going as a player in the future, not, not the near future, but like in six months. Cause my DM is a new father and new fatherhood and being a DM do not go hand in hand. Um, <laughs> But he's like, yeah, I don't really care much for like backstory and stuff like that. Uh, so I, I, have, I have a feeling he's sort of less RP heavy, uh, I guess, um, right. which is fine because I still really enjoy that kind of game. Mm-hmm. And I know he doesn't play it because he's the DM that I played for in my that I played with in my first game. Oh, I got you. So I know he's he's a fantastic DM. Um, yeah, I, but it's still I really like storytelling as we've talked about. Yeah, which is sort of the allure that drew me into critical role and then D and D as a whole in the first place. So definitely further on the, the RP side. Very cool. Very cool. I guess my next question would be kind of like, do you see yourself? Um, well, how do I want to put this? I'm at the edge of the South cause now I'm thinking of, of it on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess my question would be kind of like, you've seen yourself grow this much in like the few years and, you know, I would say, like, even from the beginning, like, you're, you're like the singer-songwriter guy in the cafe with his guitar, pouring his heart <laughs> out. Now you're writing, like, you're, you're, like, it feels like you're scoring. Like, you've, like, you went from yeah. the guy from the cafe to now you're, like, manning an orchestra, and you have collaborators and people from fake um, countries like Ireland that are asking you to collab on <laughs> YouTube videos and uh, stuff like that. So I guess kind of like the trajectory of like, like five, five people are going to get that. Joke. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And they're going to laugh their asses off. That was for you guys. Join the Patreon. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so like you've, you've made like such big strides so far. So I, I guess like kind of like in like a D&D character who's like looking for that happily ever after or conquering that BBEG, like where, and you've kind of hinted to it, like, you know, you want to get into scoring and maybe video games, stuff like that. But like, mm-hmm. where do you kind of like see the end goal being like, who's the BBEG that you conquer and save the day with your music? Man. Yeah, I definitely, for now, my vision and goal kind of morphs and changes as time goes on and as circumstances change. But at the moment, my my dream and my vision is sort of to be a media composer. Um, like best case scenario, getting super specific would be like being an in-house composer for a small indie game company or something like that, and okay. being able to make a a sufficient living off of that. Like I don't want I don't want to be famous or anything like that because that seems like such a drag. Yeah, I sound like Shikamaru. It's a lot of work. Uh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> Um, yeah, that, that seems like it comes with a lot of baggage and stuff. So I don't Mm -hmm. want to be like a a pop star or like whatever, um, or like some famous musician. Um, if I'm known and my work respected by my peers in, in the music field and the composing field, I think that would be enough for me. And like probably the, the best musical advice I've ever received, uh, was from, our very own Colin McGinnis. Hey. Oh, I should have mispronounced his name. Yeah, Coleman McGinnis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andy Mann, McGynecologist. Yeah. Um, it was to be friendly and make friends mm-hmm. because that's sort of like the big thing in, in music and in quote unquote, the industry, whatever you want to call it, um, is, is to make friends and make connections and, you know, be genuine about it, not just be like, hey, I want to be your friend so that you can give me, yeah. uh, you know, traction and attention on 
you know, give me a boost, signal boost or whatever. No, yeah. just be friendly, make friends. That'll give you more opportunities and stuff like that. Yeah. And which is something I'm super grateful for, you know, what I've been doing recently with all this D&D and Critical Role music is I've made so many great friends and friends that have, you know, inspired and motivated and pushed me to be better than I am mm. and have given me tips along the way and stuff like that and sort of um, pseudo mentored me and things like that. Uh, and also just great friends to have around and, and to talk with. Yeah. So, yeah, I think right now my goal is to make friends with, I guess, the next generation of whatever, you know, the the composers and musicians of the future will be and to try to find success in my field, which is still don't know how I'm going to do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. I'll play it by ear. Yeah. As music, musicians do. Yeah. Play it by ear and then take over the world. That's how it, mm-hmm. that's how it usually happens. So yeah, I mean, that was a good way. That's a good way to wrap things up. I like that because be friendly and make friends. Who knew? I think I meant to say be nice and make friends. <laughs> oh, be nice. Be friendly and, be... and make friends are kind of like the same thing. Yeah. Even still. Whatever. Yeah. Be nice. Yeah. Who knew that such profound words would come from a man who hates an internet company so badly? But <laughs> at the same time, they are the BBEG. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they suck. Yeah. Fuck you, Air. Yep. Yep, yep. We need him to play Sea of Thieves with us, and you keep fucking that up, so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I guess, I think that's a really good way to end the podcast. Um, I guess I was going to ask, is there anything you want to plug? Anything that might be coming up maybe around September-ish when I drop this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, around September-ish? Yeah, if you have anything uh, planned for September, or. One of the songs that I have, uh, that I'm working on right now will probably be out by then, uh. But I won't name it just in case it's not. And then it's in September. I'm planning on having a collab with someone I've never worked with coming hey. out soon, which you you know about, yeah. But haven't heard. Um. So yeah, keep your eyes open for for stuff coming out. I'm planning on putting out a song every month until my big big project is announced. Um, and then that's gonna be. That's going to be a long time in the works. Months, <laughs> probably, probably the better part of a year, I'd say. Oh yeah, but it's it's going to be an awesome project for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, where can the the lovely people find you on the internet, and where to find these these songs that you're putting out? Yeah, mostly on YouTube, Chase Noseworthy. Also on Spotify or wherever you get your music, that's Chase Noseworthy. Um, I make shit posts on Twitter and say dumb thoughts that come to my head all the time uh, at Noseworthy Chase. That's pretty much it. I have a Patreon, but I've forgotten it because I forgot it exists until you reminded me at the beginning of this call. Yeah, there's Patreon. We'll probably have a link for it somewhere then. I'll make sure I do the thing where there's links and stuff too. But yeah, I'm probably going to revamp it at some point because it's kind of the thing I had it for is outdated. So. I haven't charged anyone a dollar on it so far. <laughs> nice. Well, thanks for uh, being my uh, my first victim on this podcast. Uh, no problem, man. It was great. And then hopefully I'll have you back on when things are more polished and <laughs> we can see how it goes. Yeah. It'll be even but I have more stuff out. Maybe one this big, big project I'm working on. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Come back. Let's do it. that. Yeah. That'd be dope. So. Thanks for being on it, and uh, thank you everyone for listening. Um, we do have one final song from Chase. Uh, anything you want to tell us about this song before uh, we wrap up? Yeah, so this one is uh, it's called Coming Are the Nine, which is made, if, spoiler alert, if you have not finished Campaign 2 Critical Role and you intend to, probably shouldn't listen to this because there are minor spoilers for it. Well, major spoilers. Yeah. Uh, but it's sort of like a... Uh, I guess a folk song. I don't know how to how to categorize it. Um, that the people of Exandria would sing at the the very end of, you know, the big climax of Campaign Two. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. All right, and so here's that song. Thank you everybody for listening. Uh, hit those links. Give Chase a follow, and uh, yeah, 
We'll see you next episode.